Good morning, church, and happy Easter. I know that right now the situation we're in is not really ideal for the kind of Easter we're used to, but I believe that this Easter is a reminder of the first Easter, actually. Did you know that the disciples were a lot like us right now? The disciples, when Jesus had risen, they found themselves locked in a room at home, and they were literally socially distancing themselves for fear of their life. But the Bible says that even Jesus appeared to them there. So I just want to remind you, no matter where you're at right now, it doesn't physically have to be a church building for the Lord to show up. And I believe today the Lord is going to show up right where you're at in your homes as we get ready for the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 20, verse 1 and 2. And the Bible says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. And I want, to, I want you to look at verse 11, what it says. The Bible says in verse 11, But Mary was standing outside the tomb, and she was weeping. And so as she wept, she stopped, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Well, it's because they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And Jesus standing there, I want you to picture this. She turns around, and the risen Jesus Christ is right in front of her. But notice what Jesus said in verse 15. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. I want to preach to you this Easter on the subject of, Why are you weeping? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate this Easter, your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. And as we remember this this weekend, let us always remember that you are God and in control of all things. So Lord, I pray right now that your presence will be with us in our homes that you would use me to preach your word, and that we may never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. What a question Jesus asked. Woman, 
Why are you weeping? See, Jesus had died on the cross on that Friday. And on Sunday, he had risen. It should have been a time of great celebration. It should have been a time of worship and praise. And as they witnessed this miracle of Jesus coming back from the grave. But that's not the tone that we're reading. You see, that first Easter, the disciples were afraid. The disciples were confused and they didn't even know what was going to happen next. And they were afraid for their lives. They weren't worshiping. They weren't praising God. They weren't happy of that first Easter. What really grabbed my attention, however, was Mary. Mary appeared to Jesus and asked, Why are you weeping? See, what should have been a time of celebration turned to a time of mourning for Mary. This was a time to rejoice in the miracle of the resurrection, but Mary chose to be miserable. And as I read that, I realized something. When Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? It implies that she's really weeping and crying for no good reason. It shows us that Mary was weeping and wasting her time grieving, sad and discouraged. You can see that Mary is even upset when she doesn't have to be. See, when I read this passage, I began to wonder how many of us like Mary today are living our daily life sad, Afraid, even angry. See, Jesus reveals himself to her. She sees the resurrection of Jesus literally right in front of her. She sees that Jesus has the power over death and he can do miracles, obviously. But Mary also had to have realized that she wasted her time worried for nothing. She wasted her day rather than worshiping, crying. And rather than having joy, she realized that she chose to live her daily life there, miserable for no reason. And Jesus asked her, why are you crying? Why are you weeping, Mary? It it shows that Jesus was literally telling her, You should be happy right now. You should have peace right now. You should be overwhelmed with joy right now. See, there's a powerful life lesson in this passage of an Easter story. It shows us that like Mary, you can make the mistake and choose to live your life sad and miserable when you don't have to. Wasting your time discouraged and upset for no reason. See, let Easter always be a reminder that God is always in control. 
Let Easter be a reminder that no matter how bad things look, God's plan is always better. And God is always up to something great. Let Easter always be a reminder of God's sovereignty and power over anything here on earth. You see, when I think about Easter, I think about what Hebrews chapter 13, 8 says. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, if Jesus had the power to raise himself from the grave, if Jesus can perform this amazing miracle then, don't you understand that now today, Jesus still has the power and the authority to do an amazing miracle in your life? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever your day looks like today, whatever you're going through today, the same God who raised Jesus from the grave then and did the impossible and did an amazing miracle then can still do an amazing miracle today in your life. Let Easter be always a reminder to you of what Acts chapter 2 verse 24 says. Acts chapter 2 verse 24 says, But God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. Easter should always be a reminder of what Acts says, that Jesus raised him from the dead and freed him from agony. Do you realize today you might be in agony, but the Lord can still set you free? Easter shall always remind you that it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. And if it was impossible for death to stop him, do you realize that it is impossible for anything else in your life to stop the work of God? Whatever God has purposed, whatever God has planned, nothing can stop him. So there is no problem no setback, no struggle, no virus can stop God. Let Easter always remind you that you serve a powerful God. Easter should always remind you of what Romans 8.11 says. It says that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead it's living in you. What a hope. What encouragement do we have now in this verse? That same spirit that did the impossible. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same spirit that against all laws raised Jesus. That same spirit is living right now in you. It means that through God and His Spirit, He can work wonders in your life. He can do miracles like you've never seen. 
So let Easter always be a reminder that God is in control, that God has a plan, and that nothing can stop the work of God. God is always at work in your life. And that spirit that's living inside us can still do the impossible. That's why my heart was broken when I read this passage and I looked at Mary. The Bible says that Mary was crying. She was weeping when she saw the tomb. She wasn't praising God. She wasn't worshiping. You find Mary discouraged. You find Mary weeping. You find Mary miserable. And Jesus showed up and asked her, Why are you weeping? See, right now, no matter what you're going through, because we have this amazing God, because nothing is impossible for Him, I believe today if Jesus was literally in the flesh in front of you, He would ask you the same question if you're discouraged now. He would ask you the same question if you're afraid right now. He would ask you the same question if you've been crying more than usual. Jesus would ask all of us here today, why? Why be discouraged? Why be afraid? Why be worried? Why are you weeping? See, it showed me that a lot of people can be wasting their life Sad and discouraged for no reason. So as I began to study this portion of the Easter story, I realized that if God would show me and teach me why she was really weeping, it could actually help us and prevent us from wasting our days sad, wasting the very life God has given us miserable. Every day, the Bible says, that God gives you is a gift from God. So don't take that precious gift of life and waste it being anxious all the time, being worried all the time, being afraid all the time, being angry all the time. Take life and have joy and have peace. But see, that was not the case for Mary. So as I began to study Mary in this passage... The Lord showed me three reasons why she was weeping. And if we learn these reasons, I believe today you can live a life of peace and strength and not waste your life anymore, this precious life you have, moping around, angry and sad. So let me give you these three reasons. Number one, why was Mary weeping? Verse 1 and 2 shows us a clue. The Bible says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb 
while it was still dark, and saw, I want you to, I want to highlight this word, saw. And she saw the stone. And it had already been taken away from the tomb. See, I want you to notice something in verse 2. The Bible says, She ran and came to Simon Peter and the disciples. And she said to them, They've taken away the body. They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where he's at. You see, Mary, she was a little dramatic here. She was a little drama queen. See, she ran quickly and told the disciples that Jesus was stolen. That someone took the body and and hid him away. See, I realized, looking at verse 1 again, that she was seeing the tomb the wrong way. The first reason Mary was weeping was because of wrong perception. That wrong perception she had of the tomb. See, the empty tomb to us, we know, represents life, represents the resurrection. That empty tomb was a symbol of hope for the world. But see, Mary saw that same empty tomb and she saw it in a negative way. Her perception was that of sin. Someone came and stole the body. Her perception was all wrong. And when you have a wrong perception, it's going to lead you to make wrong assumptions. And when you have wrong assumptions, it will always cause you to have wrong behavior. And she was behaving all wrong here because she was looking at things the wrong way. You see, when you have the wrong perception and wrong assumption, and when you're seeing things all wrong, it creates a narrative in your mind. There was no evidence of a person stealing the body. There was nothing to indicate that a thief had come. But see, Mary chose to see things her way. And when she chose to see this in a negative way, she created this crazy narrative and story in her mind. She said, I know what happened. Someone had to have come in the middle of the night. Someone rolled the stone away, went inside the tomb, grabbed Jesus, and took him away and hide, and to hide him. She created this illusion, this narrative that just wasn't true. Do you know that if you live a life of wrong perception, your mind does the same thing? And you have this narrative that's just not true? And maybe today, like Mary, you're weeping, and you're anxious, And you're discouraged and afraid. Because when you go to sleep at night, you're left alone with your thoughts. And when you're bored at home, your thoughts begin to run in your head. And you begin to create this narrative of the worst case scenario. And maybe today there's a narrative in your head. And in your mind you see yourself losing your home. You see yourself not 
having anything to eat. You see yourself with a job loss and never working again. You see everything bad happening. You see yourself out in the street. You see yourself alone and miserable with no one to help. It's no wonder that many people are living like Mary. You're living sad and miserable because in your mind you've created this story of hopelessness. This story of grief. And in your mind right now, there's a narrative that you may be believing is true, like Mary did. When you have a wrong perception and you're seeing things your way, not only will you create this wrong narrative in your mind, but did you see in the Bible as Jesus appears to her? She doesn't see him for Jesus. Her perception is so off, she thinks is actually the gardener. See, had she been able to see things right, she would have seen Jesus, the resurrected Christ, right in front of her, and she would have been overwhelmed with joy. But because of her wrong assumption and her wrong perception, it blocked her from seeing the truth. It came to a point that as she's looking at Jesus, assuming he's a gardener, she accuses that gardener, which was actually Jesus, of stealing the body. You know that when you have a wrong perception, it would only not only lead you to have a wrong assumption about your life, but did you know that wrong perception can lead to wrong assumptions about God? The same way she saw Jesus as a gardener, she wasn't looking at Jesus the right way. There's a lot of people that are looking at the Lord the wrong way right now. Some people, they look at God as an angry God. They think that they're being punished right now. Some people think that God has abandoned them and wants nothing to do with them. And Mary is miserable because now she's looking at Jesus the wrong way. And you're discouraged today because you're you're looking at your life the wrong way your situation the wrong way. But maybe you're miserable because you're looking at Jesus the wrong way. You're looking at the Lord all wrong. And she's actually accusing Jesus of stealing a body. And maybe today your wrong assumptions have led you to believe that God has done something wrong in your life. It's no wonder today You're living hopeless. And you're living discouraged. Because like Mary, you're choosing to see things your way. And when you choose to lean on your own understanding and see things your way, you may interpret things all wrong. And it may lead you to have the wrong assumptions and to act the wrong way. See, Mary was not only looking at her situation the wrong way, not only was Mary looking at Jesus, God, the wrong way, but did you notice that that Mary, she quickly ran to the disciples and she told them, they stole the body. He's gone. Striking fear in the disciples and panic. Because Mary shows us a powerful truth. 
Miserable people love to make other people miserable. And because now Mary is negative, she's talking to the disciples in a negative way, bringing them down and discouraged. Does that sound like you today? Do you find yourself talking to other people in a negative way? Are you always telling people how bad things are? How miserable things are? How nothing's going to change? It's no wonder today like Mary. Many people are seeing things their way. And they're seeing things the way they want to. So maybe right now you're looking at yourself and God and your situation all wrong. And that's only leading you to make the wrong assumptions and putting you in a state of misery. Mary should have been joyful. Mary should have been excited. But see, her wrong perception kept her from praise. I believe today you're in bondage to wrong perception. You're looking at everything all wrong. See, it reminds me that when she looked at that empty tomb, she saw something negative. When the truth is that that empty tomb was something actually positive. It meant that Jesus had risen. It meant that God was in control. It meant that they had a new hope. So while she was looking at things all wrong, God was up to something right. While she was choosing to be all negative, that empty tomb was actually a res- a representing that God was actually up to something better. She couldn't see it. But there was a miracle taking place all around her. So today, you might be here, you're thinking right now, you can see your job loss. You can see that you're stuck at home all day. You can see that we're not in church like we used to be and worshiping physically, but you're at home and things look bad and you turn on the news and things look bad. But let the earth, the Easter story remind you that that empty tomb Mary thought was a bad thing, was actually God doing something good. Let Easter be a reminder that things are not always as they appear. So the Bible calls us to live by faith and not by sight. Have you been leaning on your own understanding, seeing things your way? Well, like Mary, that might be why you find yourself today sad and weeping. So the second reason that I found Mary was weeping, the answer to why she was weeping could also be found in Luke's account of this story in Luke chapter 24, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, in their fright, the women, because Mary Magdalene, John records her by herself, 
But we know through Luke's account that the women were all together. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men, those were the angels, said to them, here's another question they asked. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And look at this verse of 6, and I want you to look carefully at this word. He's not here. He's risen. That story, that's the Easter story. He had risen. But notice this. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, that he would rise. I want to highlight that word, remember. Because that's the second reason Mary was weeping. You see, while Jesus was on earth, in his earthly ministry, Jesus was with Mary. And Jesus told her, Mary, I'm going to die soon. But don't worry. Because I'm going to rise again from the grave. But the angel said, Mary, don't you remember what Jesus said? See, the second reason why Mary was weeping is oftentimes the reason that many of us are weeping. And many of us are discouraged and afraid. And that second reason is simply forgetting the promise of God. Not remembering the word of God. The angel said, don't you remember? I asked myself, how could you forget Mary such a promise? I don't think I would ever forget if Jesus himself said, David, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. But then I realized, I didn't go through what Mary went through. And I can't blame her for forgetting. You see, that Easter on Friday... Mary witnessed Jesus being placed on the cross. Mary witnessed Jesus being whipped and beaten. She saw Jesus carrying that heavy burden. She saw the nails being pierced through his hands. She heard Jesus ask, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mary saw Jesus take his last breath. See, that Friday was such a difficult time and struggle for her. It was hard for her to go through what she was seeing. It was hard for her to experience that moment of Jesus on the cross. And we tend to focus on that Friday. But then there's Saturday. See, that Saturday, nothing happened. That Saturday, God wasn't speaking. That Saturday was dark and quiet and scary. See, Friday represents the day of struggle and pain and agony, like the Bible says. And that Saturday represents the silence of God. So when you go through agony 
And when you go through that season of silence from God where He's not showing you anything, He's not really speaking to you, and you feel lost and confused, it's no wonder that the time, by the time Sunday came, Mary couldn't worship. Mary couldn't praise. And Mary actually forgot the promises of Jesus. See, you can't look down on her. Because oftentimes, and maybe this is you, but oftentimes we go through such agony, through a circumstance. Or we go through such a period where God is silent and He's not really showing you anything or doing much that it's hard for you to even worship and praise God by the time Sunday comes. And to prove this, maybe, you know, today is Sunday, but you're not praising God. You're afraid. Today is Sunday, but you're not worshiping, you're discouraged. Today might be Sunday, like it was Sunday for Mary, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy and have joy and have peace. Because oftentimes we go through such an agonizing Friday and such a quiet Saturday that it ruins our Sunday completely. And whatever Mary went through on Friday and Saturday caused her to literally forget the promise of Jesus. And that's why she's weeping. Because anyone that forgets the promise of God, anyone that forgets the Word of God, will choose to live a life to be in bondage to misery. God has given us His Word to give us hope in dark times. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your Word... God's word, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You see, in that time, many people would travel at night. And it could often have been scary and confusing. So they would light up a lamp. And the lamp, they would put it close to their feet. Because that lamp would light up their path that they were taking. And they would take it one step at a time. And that lamp was crucial because they couldn't see in the dark. They couldn't see what was ahead of them. So they held on to that lamp to guide them through the dark. You see, God has given us the word. God has given us His promises to shine most when we're going through a time of darkness. And right now, like Mary, things are dark in your life. And you can't see what's ahead and you don't know what's going on. That is the time you take God at His word. So when fear comes and worry and dread, you hold on to the promises of Jesus. You hold on to the promises of God and His Word. And right now you're afraid of tomorrow, but the Word of God says, do not worry about tomorrow. 
Right now, you're dreading what's going to happen if the Bible says that God has a plan for every person. Right now, you're worried about how you're going to provide, but the Bible says in His Word that the Lord shall supply all your needs according to His riches. There is a promise for every word of God. There is a promise for every situation you're going through. But oftentimes, like Mary, we allow our agony, our struggle, our setbacks to cause us to forget the Word of God. And we tend to lean more, not on the Word, but our circumstances. We tend to lean more on what we see rather than what God has said. So Mary finds herself weeping, not only because she is living under wrong perception and assumption and seeing things all wrong, but Mary has also forgotten the Word of God. And right now in these times that we're living in, right now when our world and our nation is literally at the mercy of God, as you lose your jobs and as your kids are at home all day and as you find yourself isolated, remember this Easter. Because it's still a day to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And hold on to His Word. Because sometimes the Word of God is all you have. So in these dark times, Lean on the Word of God. See, Mary, she chose to live miserable that first Easter because she allowed her circumstance to drown out the Word of Jesus and His promise. And then the third reason of why Mary was weeping can be found in Luke chapter 24, verse 5. We just read it. But notice the second question that those angels asked, Jesus, asked Mary. Sorry. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, here it is, why do you look for the living among the dead. In other words, those angels told Mary, you shouldn't be here. You're in the wrong place. See, Mary was actually searching for the right thing. She was searching for Jesus. But in the wrong place. So this leads me to the third reason why Mary was weeping on Easter. She was searching for the right thing in the wrong places. Do you know how many people are searching for Jesus right now, but they're searching for Him in the wrong places? See, I believe, when I read this, I realized something. I believe that every person on earth is searching for Jesus. And you might be thinking, well, that can't be true because I know people that don't even believe in Jesus. 
I know people that want nothing to do with Jesus, so how are they searching for Jesus? But let me explain something to you. In every human being, there's a natural desire we all have. And that desire first is for purpose. All of us here are looking for purpose. We all want our lives to mean something. Every human being naturally is looking for joy and happiness. Every person naturally is looking for security. And every person wants a sense of identity. That's what we're all looking for as humans. Purpose, joy, security, identity. Did you know that all four of those things can only be found in Jesus? So literally, we're all looking for Jesus, but in the wrong place. You didn't even know right now, you're looking for Jesus. If you have a, a yearning, a desire for purpose, for joy, for security, and for identity, it's found in having a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Mary was searching for Jesus, which is the right thing to do. But sadly, she was searching for Jesus and where he wasn't. She was searching for Jesus in the wrong place. And I know many people today, you're searching for the Lord. You want your life to mean something. You want purpose. You long to have joy and happiness. You want security. And you want to know who you are. You want identity. That can be found only in Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, many people try to find that in the wrong things. And they end up in the wrong place. Many people think that purpose is found in accomplishments. Your purpose is in a job. Your identity is your title, what, you, what position you have. But let this coronavirus situation remind you that your job can be lost in a moment. And then where does your purpose lie? We tend to search for purpose in the wrong things that are just temporary. Many people search for joy and happiness in pleasure. You think that happiness is in partying, and you think that happiness is found in sex and drugs and alcohol. You think that happiness is found in money and all of that. But what happens when all of that goes away? What do you have then? There are so many people that find security in their bank account. They find security in a person, in money. And you tell yourself, as long as I have this in my bank account, I feel secure. As long as I have this person in my life, I feel secured and protected. But what do you do when all of that is gone? You find yourself without security. You're looking for identity. Who am I? Unfortunately, many people 
are searching for the right things, but in the wrong place. It's not found in money. It's not found in pleasure. It's not found in what you can own or possess. It's not found in a car. It's not found in a house. It's not found in a vacation. It's not found in a degree. But sadly, many people are running to those things to find purpose and joy and security and identity. And you're searching for the right thing, but you end up in the wrong place. What do you do then? It's not in money, pleasure, relationships. It's not even in power. All of that could be taken away. But see, when your purpose and when your joy and your security and your identity is in Jesus, nothing could ever change that. Nothing will ever stop Jesus from being involved in your life. So no matter what you go through, no matter what you endure, no matter what you lose, your purpose and joy and security and identity remains intact because you have placed that on Jesus Christ who will always be with you, who will never leave you nor forsake you, who always stands with you in the times of darkness and emptiness. So maybe I'm speaking to you today. You're searching for Jesus and you didn't even know it. And you're searching for Jesus in the wrong place. What I love about this passage is that even though Mary found herself in the wrong place, Jesus showed up anyway met her where she was at and revealed himself to her. And that changed everything. All of a sudden, Mary was overwhelmed with joy. The Bible says she quickly ran to tell everyone he is risen. So now she has a purpose. She knows her identity now is in Jesus. But I love that Jesus showed up even though she was in the wrong place. I love this because I know that this morning there are many that find themselves in the wrong place in their life. You're in a place of hopelessness. You're in a place of addiction. You're in a place where you have no peace anymore. You're in bondage to so much. You don't like the place where you're at right now. But what I love about Jesus in this story is no matter what place you're in right now in your life, you could be in the worst person right now. You can be living the worst case scenario right now. Did you know that Jesus wants to reveal himself to you? Do you know that Jesus can meet you right where you're at? I've seen people get saved in parking lots, motel rooms. I've seen people get saved after doing all the drugs. I've seen the worst of the worst find Jesus in the worst place. 
So Jesus might be saying, you don't belong there. That's not a good place for you. I'm not there. But it doesn't stop him from finding you. From meeting you where you're at. It doesn't matter how far from Jesus you may be right now. And I'm talking to someone that you don't know how you ended up listening to this Easter message. But you used to go to church. You used to read your Bible, but right now you're in a bad place. Jesus wants to meet you right now again. Maybe you don't even know Jesus at all. Right now that can change. Because He's here. He has a purpose for your life. As we look at this passage, what I pray for you is that you stop wasting your life away. Stop wasting your life living on the wrong perception, seeing things your way, allowing yourself to be miserable. Stop forgetting the Word of God. Make the Word of God the priority of your life no matter what you're going through. And I also pray, like Mary, that if you're in the wrong place, that you right now would realize that Jesus has a purpose for you. I love this passage of Scripture because it reminds me as we close, I want you to realize something. Easter should always remind us that God is with us. That God has a plan for your life. And that God, no matter how bad things look, the Lord is always up to something miraculous. Something good. So if you're in bondage right now to wrong perception. Get back into the Word of God. If you're living under this wrong narrative and you're imagining the worst for your life, start declaring and believing the promises of God. But like Mary, if you find yourself in the wrong place, I love it because Jesus showed up. She left. The Bible says she left the graveyard. She left the tomb. To go tell everyone else about Jesus. See, I believe today that place you're in right now, Jesus can get you out of. You might be saying, well, pastor, how do I do that? You ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. See, the Bible says if anyone believes that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and rose again, they will be saved. That word Lord literally means master. My question to you this Easter is the Lord master of your life. Have you surrendered your life to him? If not, what are you waiting for? No matter who you are or what place you're in right now in your life. Like Mary, the Lord stands in front of you. Waiting to give you purpose. He died on the cross for your sins. That's what Easter is all about. So today you have no excuse. You have no reason. If this is you today, I want to lead you in a prayer 
And if you're here today and you're saying, God, I'm ready to give you my life. I'm ready to surrender it all. The Bible says that Jesus stepped in on our behalf. He took our place. So no matter who you are today, your sins can be forgiven. You can have a new life right now in Jesus Christ. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And on this day, I now give you my life. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that, I want to welcome you to the family of God. The Lord will begin to give you a new purpose and a new hope. Find a good church, get into the Bible, and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ daily. Your life will never be the same again. But I also want to pray for those here today that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There are people here that surrendered to Jesus years ago. Did you know that Mary was a believer? Mary loved Jesus. But we just read how Mary was weeping, miserable and discouraged. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to go through days of discouragement. You're going to cry. You're going to weep. You're going to mourn. But the difference is we do that with hope. And I'm speaking to those here today who love Jesus like Mary. But maybe you have the wrong narrative in your mind. Maybe you're seeing things all wrong and it has robbed you of your joy that belongs to you in the Lord. It has robbed you of the peace that the Lord died for you to have. You don't sleep at night. You're anxious all the time. You're discouraged. It doesn't mean that you're less saved. It means that you have a wrong perception. Maybe you're here and you're leaning more on your own understanding like Mary. You're here and you're thinking about everything you're seeing right now. Everything you're listening to on the news. And your faith has gone. You know, you no longer hope. You've lost your faith. You're discouraged and you've forgotten the word of God. It happens. But you don't have to continue to allow it to happen. The same way the Lord revealed himself to Mary. She changed her attitude. She ran out of that graveyard yelling for joy, ecstatic. So no matter what you're going through, you can have rest and you can have joy knowing that the word of God, which you may, might have forgotten, remains to be true and the authority over your life. If that's you today and you're saying, God, help me with my perception. Help me not to lean on my own understanding anymore but to trust your word. Let me pray for you. In Jesus' name, I pray over your life right now. And by the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to see things the right way in accordance to the word of God. I pray that fear and worry and anxiety be banished from your mind, that you may be raised again like Jesus, that same spirit, that's in you. May it raise you out of discouragement. May you be raised out of depression. 
May you rise to be a new person with a new hope and a newfound glory. May the Lord protect you with peace right now in the midst of your darkness. Father, I pray for every person here that loves you, that believes in you, but right now is weeping and crying and discouraged and afraid like Mary for no reason. Bring worship and praise back to their life and peace, knowing that you are in control and up to something greater than we can understand. We trust you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you all. Happy Easter. I thank you all for joining me. For more information about our church, or today if you're giving financially to support our ministry, I want you to go to our website. And maybe if you have any questions or any need of prayer, I also want you to give us a call in our office from 9 to 5. Our church is here for you right now in these dark times. May the Lord bless you. May you enjoy the rest of your Easter. I love you all, and I'll see you next Sunday. Here, we're in church, wherever it may be, you're going to get the word of God. God bless you. I love you.